welcome to Scotland's Coefficient Podcast, the podcast about Scottish football teams in European competition. Here, bud. That's not a bank machine. It's not a bank machine, it's a fence. Welcome to the new season of Scotland's Coefficient Podcast. This is episode four, which is titled In Conversation with the Fourth Official. My thanks go to the guy telling someone that they were inserting their bank card into a bridge in Inverness instead of a bank machine. Thanks for introducing the podcast, mate, and I hope everyone in Inverness was able to find a bonk machine eventually. My name is Gavin, and I run the Scotland's Coefficient Twitter page, at Scotland's Coef1, currently with 20,000 followers. This week's episode is the first two-way conversation podcast, rather than the monologue style, as I was invited as a guest onto the podcast of The Fourth Official. If you've not heard of them, they are quite a big website and have a Twitter page with 60,000 followers. They do most of their posts and podcasts through a low monthly subscription on Patreon. However, they put this podcast out for free for all listeners, which means I'm able to share it with you free of charge. A few of the guys that run it are Rangers fans, so a lot of their posts are definitely Rangers-centric, so if you're a Rangers fan, they're definitely one for you. However, if you're not a Rangers fan, they do cover all of Scottish football and have seen recent posts and podcasts on their site about Livingston, Hearts and others. So check them out and see if it's something of interest to you. Their Twitter link is in the podcast description. I'll be doing a lot more conversational style podcasts over the season. I'm lining up guests from all clubs and countries across Europe. So keep an eye out for these as the season progresses. As ever, if you are enjoying the podcast, then please leave it a positive five-star review, as this helps grow the podcast and reach more listeners. But anyway, let's get started. So this week's episode is a conversation with Gary from The Fourth Official. It was recorded before the opening group stage games for our three teams, where we previewed the upcoming group campaigns and the chances of all of our clubs in Europe. So, over to Gary now, as he starts the podcast with an introduction to their listeners. Hi everyone, Gary Morris here with a very special pod here on the 4th Official. Now, joining me tonight um, from the brilliant Scotland's Coefficient site on Twitter, or X as the cool kids are calling it these days, is Gavin. Uh, Welcome Gavin to the 4th Official. Hiya Gary, how you doing mate? I'm very well, thank you, mate. And I think it's probably quite timely for us to kind of put this pod together, um, given recording as we are just at the the tail end of the international break and with European group stage football on the horizon for probably three of of Scotland's biggest clubs. Um, Obviously, with Hearts and Hibs having fallen by the wayside, but obviously Aberdeen uh, and Rangers and Celtic in group stage football this season. And felt it would be quite a good idea just to kind of talk you all through uh, the permutations of the draw, what it means for Scotland's coefficient, and also a bit of a look ahead 
uh, to the the changes in European football uh, going into to next season, as the landscape is going to be quite a bit different, and the impact that's going to have on Scottish clubs, I think, also uh, will be very different from from how it is this season. So. Um, Obviously, people that are maybe unfamiliar with your work, uh, Gavin, do you want to just talk uh, the listeners through a little bit about who you were, where the site came from and where to find you? Yeah, so basically it's a Twitter site, a Twitter page even, that just wants to, I suppose, explain in as easy to understand detail as possible all the stuff that goes with European uh, performance. So there's coefficient points that you win for each game and it sounds easy on paper, but it's actually quite complicated. So a guy called Neil actually started the page and he was just sort of posting how we were doing. And over the last few years, uh, we've we've gone right up the rankings. So when Gerard took over at Rangers, obviously Rangers had quite a lot of qualifying rounds to get through every season. And because they were doing that and they were reaching the group stages quite regularly, we got loads of points and we were going up the rankings really quickly. So we were, I don't know, 25th, 26th in the rankings and nobody really cared about it. But then as we sort of got up and up and up and the, the rewards that come with that, more and more people got interested. Um, but Neil basically it took up too much time because there's there's so much detail to it he just couldn't commit to it anymore so earlier this year I said I said I'd take it over for him so yeah just try to keep it going trying to add um, some podcasts to it as well because not everybody wants to read all the boring details sometimes talking about it's a bit better so yeah it's got about uh, 19,000 followers at the moment so we're just trying to grow that as much as possible and put as much content out as possible for everybody just quite good. I've got three hundreds at stand, so so you're you're doing pretty well. Um, albeit that the fourth official site is is very popular with uh, two and a half thousand patrons. So um, very much appreciated for you to come on and give us your time. And I think with the the group stages starting next week, um, I think probably a good place to start is just where Scotland started um in the rankings going into this season because I think this is the first year and you can certainly correct me if I'm wrong on this Gavin but it's the first year I think in a long time where probably Scotland's five biggest and best teams have been the five European entrants um, going into uh, Europe for this season. Yeah, no, you're absolutely spot on. So it's the first time ever that we've had the top five, which is kind of mental when you think about it. Um, the closest we got was the year before Rangers went back into Europe. So that would have been 2016, 2017, I think, where we had the other four, but not Rangers. And then it wasn't until since the early 90s, uh, 1992, I think, where we had everybody bar maybe Aberdeen or something like that. So yeah, it's the first time ever we've had all five. And um, it's good, but... We, we could have done better really so having f- our five best teams you would hope would have the best sort of results but actually we've added less points than we did at the same time last season so uh, it's good on paper but it's not it's not going down so well so far with two of them already out unfortunately yeah and I think that's the thing when you've got obviously five teams in there all the coefficient points are divided by five and it makes it even more imperative that everyone kind of pulls their weight um, I think both Hearts and Hibs had decent results. I think certainly Hearts getting through against Rosenberg was was a, a good result for them because you probably on paper say that probably both Hearts and Rosenberg are maybe on par with each other. Um, Hibs eventually got the job done against the, that uh, team from Andorra 
Um, but really, that should have been a win home and away to, to get some points on there and to, to lose over in Andorra. That that was a, a bit of a bloody nose for Hibs, albeit that they, they managed to turn it round and then they had an excellent uh, result against the, the, the Swiss side Lucerne uh, before obviously running in, running into Aston Villa. And at that point, no one really gave them much of an opportunity to pull off a shock against Villa. Um, Hartsway, PAOK had their chances, I would say, in that game, but they obviously failed to take them in the home leg at, at Tynecastle and that, that made it very difficult for them to, to go over to Greece. Yeah, absolutely. So they, they both did really well, as you said, in the games, Rosenberg and Luzerne, they, that could have went either way. So they both got massive home wins. I think both of them won 3-1 at home. So so that added points. And actually, it's one of the first seasons in a while where all five teams will have added points. So we've added two points so far. 0.8 came from Celtic, which is a bonus you get for the group stages. And next is Hibs with 0.5. So even though they're out, they've actually contributed the second most so far, which is good. Rangers got 0.4 and that's really where, that's why we're down on last season really. So after qualifying last season, we'd ha- we'd added 2.3 points compared to the two we've done so far. And that's because Rangers made the Champions League. So they beat PSV away, you get 0.2 points in qualifying for winning away. And then the 0.8 for, for reaching the bonus. So essentially that one extra point from Rangers, had they managed to do it again, we'd have been on three points after qualifying. So we, we would have done better than last year. So actually, the other teams, if you like, the Hearts and Hibs and Aberdeen, they've done better than Dundee United, Motherwell and that did last season. But unfortunately, with Rangers just not managing it again, we've kind of contributed a little bit less. So we really need quite a big group stage from everyone to try and get the, the points back up. Yeah, and going into the Europe this year, where were the main threats for Scottish teams? Because uh, they obviously went into Europe this year in ninth place in the table, but the, the team, the countries that are below Scotland and the table seem to have really hit the ground running in terms of their kind of qualification runs. And uh, there's a couple of countries that are, are really kind of breathing down our necks. Oh yeah, absolutely. So we started ninth, which is the best, the best, the highest we've been really ever. So it was a great place to start. Unfortunately, Turkey, who've been a bit of a sleeping giant, they've just done terrible in Europe for for years on end. They had something like 24 qualifying games. I think they won 20 and and drew two maybe. So they just had like a record equaling or a record setting qualification round. So they've overtaken us already before the groups have even started. So they're in ninth. And and to be honest with you, we're not going to catch Turkey in ninth. Um, we're, we're just not going to be able to outperform them. So really, it's just a fight for top 10. So I'm sure most of your listeners are aware because uh, I can say everyone in Scotland's much more interested in the coefficient now. But a top 10, um, all the top 10 leagues get the champions direct into the Champions League. So we're fighting this year to try and keep that top 10, which would mean whoever wins the league next season, they'd go straight into the Champions League. So the two teams behind us, it's Austria and Switzerland. And we've got a decent lead over them at the moment. So Austria would need to outperform us by about four or five wins, Switzerland by about five or six. So really we should be keeping top ten this season. It'd be it'd be disappointing if if we have another season like last season, a disaster really, and, and to drop out of the top ten this season. Next season it'll be much harder because as you know, the coefficients are five year rolling coefficient. So each year your oldest year drops off. And next season our best year is going to drop off. So we've, we've got, we're losing a lot of points. It's like 9.75 or something like that. And 
and that's going to put us to 15th. So it's, it's quite a big drop off. So this season, we really need to keep ahead of Austria and Switzerland. And actually, Rangers, who drew Sparta Prague in the, the group stage, that'll help. So if we can beat Sparta Prague, if Rangers can get a home and away result against them, that should, should sort of keep, keep them off us for a bit. But next season, it's, it's pretty much, uh, Every every country around about us. So Czech Republic, as I mentioned, uh, Rangers have got one of their teams, so we could try and do something there. Norway, Israel, Switzerland, Austria, every sort of middle country. It's going to be really tight next season. So this season, it's just Austria and Switzerland, which um, we've we've done our bit in qualifying. So Rangers beat um, Servet, and as you mentioned, uh, Hibs beat Luzerne. So it's, we we put some damage there, but. But next season, it's just everyone we're going to need to look out for, unfortunately. Yeah. So let's start from uh, the bottom up and we'll begin with uh, the Europa Conference League, uh, where, where Aberdeen have found themselves as a result of losing in the Europa League qualifiers against uh, Hacken, um, who I think on paper, everyone looked at that one as maybe a, a little bit of a 50-50 Gavin uh, and Aberdeen probably didn't do themselves kind of justice really in, in that tie. Um, but they've found themselves in the Conference League and they've got a tricky looking uh, Group G. Uh, Eintracht Frankfurt, obviously Europa League winners a couple of years ago. I'm not going to say too much about that because it's still quite raw for many of us. Uh, they've got Payok uh, in there as well, uh, who obviously just put hearts out, and HJK Helsinki. Um, so you're definitely expect Frankfurt probably to, to run away with that group but Aberdeen will, will be confident of, of at least being able to take some points off the likes of HJK and Payok Yeah absolutely they they did alright against Hacken so they were 2-0 down in the away leg and, and brought it back to 2-0 which was fantastic and they had chances at home I think they were 2-1 down and they missed a couple of one-on-ones so they, they, on another night they probably could have gone through but to be totally honest with you, the Conference League is going to give them a better chance. The, the level of team there is less than the Europa League. So like you say, they've got Frankfurt. They really just need Frankfurt to, to beat everybody home and away and then and leave the rest to fight it out. Um, yeah, Pyrox Hearts did re- run them close at Tynecastle. So um, they they could have got something on the night. It was very close. I think one all at one point and then they, the, the Greeks scored from outside the box, a beast of a strike. So there wasn't much they could do about that. So you need to hope that Aberdeen could, to, could do something at home maybe against them, try and get a win there. And then Helsinki, yeah, they're probably going to be on, on par with Hacken. So... You'd, you'd really, if they're going to do anything this year, that's just the must-win game. You must beat them at home and then you must try and get a draw or something away from home to have any sort of chance. So, I mean, it's a bit of a free hit for them because they've already banked a decent amount of money reaching the group stage. The fans are all going to get some good group stage away days. They've not had that for about 15 years. So it's good for them, um, but it's, it's a tough draw. Every draw was going to be tough. It could have been a lot worse, Could have been could have been harder. So I think if they can get something off Helsinki at home, definitely, and away, then I don't know, they they could they could be going into the last game. They've got Frankfurt at home. If Frankfurt have already qualified, say Aberdeen are sitting on seven points, then you never know. You could be one of the biggest nights at Pataudry where they, they need a result against Frankfurt to get through. So might be on the optimistic side, but it's definitely doable, but it's a massive ask for them. Yeah, uh, and I think from a, a coefficient perspective, anything really Aberdeen can get from that group will certainly be looked upon as a bit of a bonus to supplement what either Rangers and Celtic can get. 
Yeah, exactly. And that, that's the, the downside we've got in Scotland. So we see ourselves, because we are, we're a top 10 nation at the moment, but we've only got two clubs qualifying and, and, and doing stuff every season. So we, we really do need other teams to try and contribute a bit more because all the other countries around us, they've got more than two teams every year that are adding to the coefficient. So as you saw last year, when both Rangers and Celtic have disasters, the coefficient just completely falls down. So yeah, I'm hoping Aberdeen can maybe add about a point. So if they if they win two and draw one game, then that's an extra coefficient point. So that's a bit of a bonus. We probably want to get around seven points this season. So if Aberdeen contributed one, I think that'd be a really good effort from them. And yeah, as usual, it's unfortunately just the way our league is financially and stuff. It's it's going to be down to Rangers and Celtic to try and add the bulk of the points this season. Yeah, um, fixtures wise. Probably starts the hardest for Aberdeen that they've got Frankfurt away on match day one on Thursday night of next week. But then after that, they've got Helsinki at home, then Pyrrhic at home before the return game in Greece, uh, before match day five is the trip to Finland. Um, and then they round the group off with that home game against Frankfurt. So, as you say, those games that they would give themselves a bit of a punching chance against all come in a row. So if they manage to maybe build a little bit of momentum and get on a little bit of a run, then as I say, that there's every possibility that there are some points to be had there. And certainly if they don't get too much of a, a doing over in Frankfurt on next Thursday night, then they'll go into that game early October with HIK at home, hoping to, to add something. Yeah, absolutely. To be honest, it's probably the way you want the fixtures. Just get Frankfurt out of the way. They're they're going to get beat there no matter what happens. You'd say it's a, a very slim chance. So I'd almost want them to just get that game done. And then, like you say, the two home games, that, that's, that's the opportunity. That's where the points are going to have to come. So they'll know by game three if they're going to be in with a chance or not. And, and hopefully they will be. Okay, moving up a level to the Europa League. And that's where we, we find Rangers. And... Obviously, off the back of that really disappointing result in Eindhoven. Uh, but the Europa League itself has got a lot of kind of big teams and uh, the opportunity for some really kind of big kind of glamour games that, that they could have got. Now, thankfully, Rangers found themselves in pot one uh, in that uh, draw, which meant that they managed to avoid... Um, some of the big, big hitters such as Liverpool, West Ham, Ajax, Atalanta. Um, but they've found a draw where I think they will give themselves every kind of possibility to get out of. Uh, Real Betis are the, certainly the biggest side in there. We mentioned Sparta Prague earlier on and then the fourth seeds in that group. Um, Aris Linasol, um, again, the type of team that you would expect Rangers to be able to get a result against home and away. But it's that double header against Sparta Prague and again the way the fixtures have kind of ran out uh, Rangers obviously begin the group stage with that home game against Real Betis before a trip to Cyprus and then a trip to Prague before the, the return game at Ibrox and the home game against Linasol so um, again you've probably got your hardest games either set at the first and last of the group and the games that you would hope that they would get the vast majority of their wins and their points from in the middle yeah, I think the fixtures were quite kind to them. You're going to imagine that by game six going to Spain, the group should already be decided or, or thereabouts. So hopefully they're not needing to go there and get a win to stay in Europe or anything like that. 
I mean, I, I think it's a good group. I mentioned earlier it's disappointing for the coefficient that they didn't make the group stages because there's lots of bonus points for getting there. But actually, bluntly, Rangers are just not a Champions League level team just now. They took loads of hammerings last season and I know there was injuries. I think uh, the boy from America, James Sands, and the, the youth defender, Leon King, I think we had to play a lot of games because of injuries, which is just not the quality they need. But it was a really bad campaign. Europa League, they've been brilliant in. So over like consistently now, three, four, five years, they've been really punching above their weight. Obviously, reaching the final was unbelievable. So I think financially and coefficient-wise, it's bad for them that they dropped down. But I think I think we can do something this time. So like you said, getting into pot one was huge. Avoiding all the big teams and and, and Real Betis is now the biggest team in the in the group. But you, you'd think they should beat them at home. Game one, it's going to be difficult. Rangers are in a bit of sticky form at the moment. But if they can win that, then it really is. It turns the season around. I think... Um, the Prague games, yeah, absolutely have to win them. They have to win at home, probably at least a draw away. Like I say, Czech Republic are one of the teams we're battling next season, so so that would be good for us on, on a coefficient level. And the the, the bottom team, the separates that that needs to be six points really for Rangers to to do anything. So I think in that group, even finishing third and dropping in the Conference League, I think that would be quite a poor campaign. I think they'll be looking at that and thinking, absolutely, we have to get the top two. So. Second would get them a playoff against one of the Champions League drop-down teams. And obviously that's difficult in itself. Last time they got Borussia Dortmund and we all know what happened there. They went and won, I think it was 4-2 away from home, which was unbelievable. So I think Rangers, as a minimum this season, they have to be getting that top two, getting the knockout tie. Hopefully it's a, a doable draw and then they reach the last 16. I think I think that's about the target I'd be setting on Rangers this year. Last 16 Europa League needs to be sort of the minimum they're going for. There are some Rangers fans that I've spoken to that I've spoken a little bit about that finishing second in the group as opposed to finishing third in the group and dropping down into the Conference League and, and maybe looking to try and do a West Ham and go all the way in that competition. Um, obviously, coefficient-wise, uh, there's no real difference between points you get in the Europa League and the Europa Conference League. So is it actually maybe in Rangers' interests if they're not going to win the, the group if they might be better finishing third than finishing second and then getting one of those playoff teams well yeah th- there is that argument for that to happen they'd need to they would really need to go far in the conference league because there's bonus points if you finish first or second in the group so say for example Rangers finish second in the Europa League group you then get the the knockout round tie if they win that tie they get an extra bonus point of, I think, off the top of my head, I think it's 0.4 coefficient points, right? If they finish third, drop to the Conference League, they've still got a knockout tie. If they win that to reach the last 16 of the Conference, there's no bonus points. So they then would need to go quite far in the Conference League because you don't get any bonus points for sort of reaching the last 16 quarterfinal level of the Conference League. It isn't until the later stages, whereas in the Europa League, there's bonus points straight away. So if you get the the last 16, then you're getting a 0.4 points. So it it really, as always, it would depend on the draw and it depends on how far they do. If it's a case of they're going to reach the last 16 in either competition and then they're going out, then the Europa League's better. They'll get more points. But if if they did drop to the Conference League and they ended up getting semi-finals or finals, then it probably would be would be better for the coefficient. But it's too hard to know this early on what what the draw would be like, and and there's still some really decent teams in the Conference League. So 
if they drew Frankfurt again, for example, or or Aston Villa or anything like that, you'd you'd be worried that they'd, they'd just go out there anyway. So mm. I'm always of the mindset to aim as high as they can. So I'd be aiming to win that group. If not, then second and win the playoff. And and that would just that would be a consolation prize for me if they got thirds and drop in the Conference League. And and you'd really be needing them to go quite far to to make up for the lost points. Okay, and Champions League, obviously Celtic got straight in there as virtue of winning the, the Premier League last season. Uh, the draw that they've got, again, I think could have been harder, uh, especially if you look at the, the group that, that Newcastle have ended up with, um, which is a, a bit of a stinker uh, with Paris Saint-Germain, Borussia Dortmund, and AC Milan in there, uh, which is certainly reminiscent of, of what Rangers ended up with last year. Um, but they've got Atletico Madrid, Feyenoord and Lazio. And again, tricky. Uh, I think all three teams are, are, are good level teams and Celtic certainly don't have the greatest of European records of late and certainly Brendan Rodgers will be looking to, to improve on that this season but I think they'll give themselves a chance uh, certainly Feyenoord and Lazio those teams could have been harder albeit that they are decent level sides Yeah, absolutely agree with that if you look at Newcastle, they were a pop four team with them, that that draw was would be impossible really if Celtic got that so Every team in the Champions League's good. We saw last season how hard it is to get any points at all. So it's always going to be a hard draw. But like you say, it could have been harder. Everyone in the competition would have chosen Fire and as a pot one team. Rangers beat them in, in recent seasons. They then got Lazio as the pot three team. And Celtic beat them, I'm sure it was home and away recently as well. And then Atletico Madrid were in the second pot, but so were Real Madrid. So out of the two, you'd have chosen Atletico. So the, the, the draw definitely could have been harder but it is still difficult. They're, they're going to want to, they're going to have to improve on last season because I feel almost Celtic's performance last season kind of went under the radar just because Rangers were so bad. So all the media were like, Rangers the worst team ever on goal difference after all the hammerings. But really, it's it's not a good look for our champions, our treble winners to win a treble and then not win a single game in Europe. So I'd really be hoping for them to do, do a lot better this year, especially with the draw that they've got. I think Rogers coming in is arguable. Is is he is he going to be better than Ange was in Europe? Um, I think he will be. I think Rogers took some criticism last time he was here in Europe. I think it was kind of like an inflexible approach, and he, he just tried to play the same way as in Scotland. But I mean, you need to remember they managed. To, I think they drew Man City home and away in the Champions League, which not many teams would have done at all in the last couple of years. But then on the flip side to that, they had their worst ever European defeat. I think it was 7-0 in Barcelona. So you've got to expect or got to hope that they'll do better this time. I mean, I think Rodgers actually, the second season, I think he finished third in the group and they dropped down into the Europa League playoff against Zenit and they won the home leg. So so he has got, got history with Celtic, getting them at least to drop into the Europa League. He went far with Leicester um, when he had them in Europe as well. So... You've got to think that that Celtic recent seasons, as you said, they've not been good, but historically they've been a really good team at home. Um, over the sort of twenty years ago, they they beat some really good teams, so they they really want to hope to get back to that sort of form at home and be beating you know Feyenoord and Lazio at home straight off the bat, take them six points at least from the home games, and then see what they can get away. So for me, I, I would hope Celtic can get maybe seven points. Two two wins and a draw. I think that would that would be good to have a good group stage performance. You'd imagine that'd be enough to finish third. They drop into the Europa League, have the knockout tie, which is where I'm hoping Rangers will be as well. If they can win that and 
reach the last 16 if we had both Celtic and Rangers in the last 16 of Europa I think I think that would be a good season given the groups the group draws that they've got yeah um, and there's every possibility that that could happen as you said the, the fixtures again probably kind to Celtic in the fact that the Atletico Madrid games are the, the double header in the middle so they've got Feyenoord away first followed by the home game against Lazio so if they can get off their start then they give themselves certainly a, a puncher's chance of trying to, to get out of that group but as you said both Rangers and Celtic need to be much improved on last year's performance in Europe to get anything out of uh, either group stage in the Champions League or Europa League uh, obviously this year is the final season in its current uh, iteration Gavin and there's a lot of controversy particularly around the, the restructuring of the, the Champions League for, for next season and beyond so do I just talk everyone through a little bit about what that looks like um, for anyone that, that's a little bit unsure about how that looks yeah, well, I think there was a bit of controversy over it. And initially I looked at it and I thought, oh, I'm not a fan of that at all. But now I kind of think it will be good. So at the moment, as everyone's obviously aware, you're in a group of four. There's eight groups of four. So you've got 32 teams in the competition. So straight away that increases to 36. But it's no longer group stages. It's just one big league. So at the moment in the groups, you only play three teams home and away. In this new format, in the Champions League and Europa League, you play eight fixtures and it's against uh, eight different teams so instead of only playing three teams you're now going to play eight so in terms of like variety of games and fixtures we'll see across Europe it'll be so much more varied than it is at the moment which I think it'll, it'll be really good um, the, the, downs, the main controversy and the downside is that you don't get every team home and away so you, every team in the Champions League and Europa League will draw two teams from each pot so if in pot one you draw Real Madrid and Man City, you might go to the Bernabeu, but you won't get them back to, let's say, it's Rangers that wins the league. You, you wouldn't get them back to Ibrox. But conversely, Man City, you would only play them at, at Ibrox and you wouldn't have to go away. So people are, are kind of saying that's unfair. How can you play home and away? How can you play one home game against a team and not get the away game? But it's the same for everyone. So it's not really unfair. It's just the way they're doing it. And in terms of like your actual chances of winning games, I think it massively improves it. So because every team draws two teams from every pot, even if you're in the bottom pot, you're still going to draw two teams from that pot. So this year, Celtic, for example, they're in the Champions League as pot four. Every team in the group's better than them on paper. They're getting a pot three, a pot two, and a pot one team. Next year, if Celtic are in it, let's say, and they're a pot four team again, yeah, they'll get two teams from pot one, they'll get two from pot two, two from pot three, but they'll also get two from pot four. So there's a chance there that they're playing teams more at their level, so there's a more chance of actually winning games. And and what we saw last season in the Champions League where both both halves of the old firm just got beat almost every week, that, that should hopefully change in the, in the coming format. And then that's the same for the Europa League and the Conference League as well? It's the same for the Europa League, but for the Conference League, it's not. There's there are only um, six teams rather than eight, so it's the same sort of format where you choose. Uh, you sorry, you draw one from each pot in the Conference League. So there's six pots. You'll have six games against six different teams, whereas in the Europa League and Champions League, it's eight games, uh, two from each pot. And obviously, you mentioned the fact that we're going into to next season having lost a lot of points from our, our five-year coefficient. So it makes it all the more important that all our teams this year 
make a good fist of it to give us the best opportunity of of being in good pots for next season. Yeah, absolutely. It's the the, the good thing about the new one is that the the pots don't actually matter because it doesn't matter if you're pot one or pot four. You're still getting two teams from every every pot. So it's more about the country ranking. So this season, I think we will just keep top ten. But next season, like I say, we're starting fifteenth. So it's going to be really hard to keep the top ten. So it's likely that at the end of next season, our champions go back to having qualifiers again, which will make it hard to get in the Champions League. So. Yeah, the, the pots things are going to become much less important next season. In the group stages anyway, in the qualifiers, you still want a high coefficient for your club. You want to have a good season to give you a chance of getting through the qualifiers. Um, but in terms of the pots, it's it's more about the country coefficient. So we need, we need a really good season this year to try and keep top 10 next season. If we don't keep top 10, then we need to at least keep top 12 because top 12 guarantees you three teams... Um, in Europe and also the thing about that from next season is at the moment it's always the, the aim is European football after Christmas we want to try and get teams to, to be in Europe after Christmas but now because there's eight group stage games instead of six two of them are played in January so actually you're always going to have three teams in, in European football till the end of January um, if you keep in the top 12 so yeah I'm I'm, I'm, I'm Quietly, well, probably not quietly, but I'm, I'm optimistic about how we'll do this season to try and try and keep us as high as we can next season. Okay, and I think the, the one other thing to mention about that from next year is that the the drop downs that that doesn't work anymore. Aye. So once you're out, you're out. Yeah, and and that was something that from a Scottish perspective, straight away I would be like, well, that's that's terrible because that's our main chance of actually doing anything in the Champions League every year. Whoever we get in the Champions League, the aim is finish third and drop down. But actually, if you think about it, as I mentioned, you've got six group stage games at the moment. If you finish third, you then go into a knockout tie to try and reach the last 16. So that gives you eight games. Well, next season you have eight games straight away and instead of trying to finish third, <laughs> you're now trying to finish in the top 24. So it's only the top eight that go straight to the last 16. From uh, nine to 24, they all play a knockout round against each other to try and make the last 16. So we are, we think we're missing out on, oh, we, we're, there's no third, so there's no drop down. Uh, we can't get a chance of that knockout round. Actually, finishing 24 in a group of 36, or a league rather of 36, should be doable. And we, we will already have the eight games anyway. So if you can if you can get into Europe as a Scottish club, you're guaranteed eight games. If you can then finish in the top 24, you're getting a knockout tie. So you'll have 10 European games, which is quite a meaty campaign. So... Yeah, I've changed my mind on it. I didn't like the the fact there was no drop downs to start with, but now I'm I'm thinking actually it's negated by the fact that there's extra fixtures and there is still that opportunity to get to a knockout round. The only thing is you're not dropping down a, a tournament to do it, and and that probably benefits Scottish teams as well because it means the teams we have in the Europa League and in the Conference League they're not getting to the knockout rounds and then and then getting put out by a team from a, a higher competition. So yeah, I think it'll be good. Okay. Big thank you to Gavin for, for joining us and explaining all that. Where can they find you if they're not one of your, your 19,000 uh, followers? Yeah, so uh, Scotland's CoF1 is the, the handle on Twitter or X or whatever it is. Um, I put, put out posts pretty much all the time, quite regularly. So at least a, a weekly, a start a week and an end a week um review I suppose so I'll look ahead to the coming week and then on the Friday I'll do a review of how it went 
on each game day, I'm doing a sort of a, a pre-read before the game, so sort of facts on who they're playing that night, how they've done so far this season. And I think most pertinently, every week I'll be doing a running total of how much coefficient points we've added. So where that puts us in the race for the top 10 this season and, and the top sort of 15 where we're starting next season. I'll also put in how much money each team wins. So each win in the group stage and each draw in the group stage is worth worth a lot of money. So if you want to keep tabs on sort of how your club's doing um, in terms of money and coefficient points, or if you're just a fan of Scottish football and want to know, well, actually, where where will we be next season? Uh, follow the page and I'll, I'll keep you updated every week throughout the season. Magic. Now, as a, one of those followers, it's a brilliant read. It uh, keeps us very much informed and absolutely I think it's been really really interesting to, to get you on and I think what we'll maybe look to try and do is get you back uh, once uh, the group stages have concluded um, and we'll do a little bit of a, a state of play um, following that and see see where we, we land after after these fixtures Yeah absolutely Gary get me back whenever you want so I've started um, season 2 as it is of the, the podcast on Scotland's coefficient page so I'll be putting out episodes every one or two weeks as well throughout the season but yeah absolutely I'll come back on onto your guys podcast and, and give an update as we're going Perfect. Uh, big thank you to Gavin for joining us. As always, a big thank you to you for listening. I'll speak to you next time. Goodbye. So that's the conversation I had with Gary at the fourth official. Obviously, it was recorded before the group games, so I'm happy that my prediction of Rangers beating Betis was correct, although Aberdeen ran Frankfurt a lot closer than I would have thought. Celtic were unlucky against Feyenoord, conceding a really poor free kick on the stroke of half-time before things went from bad to worse in the second half as they were reduced to nine men. However, there's still time for all three clubs to improve, with Aberdeen and Celtic both having back-to-back home games in Europe in October, and Rangers, although they have two back-to-back away games, they are against the weaker two teams in their group, And so I'm hoping that October will be a great month for the coefficient. Thanks very much for listening to me. I hope you've enjoyed it. Look after yourself and up the coefficient. Thanks for listening to Scotland's Coefficient Podcast. The podcast about Scotland's football teams in European competition. Join us next time for more detailed analysis and all things Scotland's coefficients.